Welcome to the Rocker Dog Podcast, the one and only podcast that talks to musicians about their canine companions. I'm your host, Tim Dill, along with Charlie the Golden Doodle, who bankrolls this whole operation. And today we're thrilled to bring you our conversation with Doug Robb, the frontman of the multi-platinum band Hoobastank, and these are his overly nicknamed Rocker Dogs. I, I have two dogs. They are both around uh, three years old. Wally is a um, purebred German Shepherd. And Penny is kind of just uh, a mutt of St. Bernard and Shepherd and Retriever and uh, all that goodness. Excellent. So right around, I think I got from social media around 2019 in the fall came Wally. And then yep. closer to the holidays came Penny. Um, yes. What was what instigated the what instigated both dogs? Uh, well, my wife and I have had dogs pretty much for as long as we've been married, which is about 14, 15 years. And she she's always been into German Shepherds. And now that I think about it, I, I never really think about why German Shepherds. But my sister had a couple of German Shepherds, and they were such great dogs i didn't have uh we didn't have german shepherds growing up we had we had a couple smaller dogs and my sister had a couple of german shepherds that were awesome so my wife and, and i at the time had a had a few and when they had passed i believe uh the the we had a dog named ringo who had passed i think in 2019 as well it was heartbreaking he was uh you know he's a member of the family and i actually was wanted to wait a little bit i wasn't ready to jump back into the to the dog pool, so to speak. But why, why is that? T- Any particular reason? Um, I just I, I needed a, a little bit of an emotional break. I think. Right. Um, the year, maybe maybe less than a year, uh, last year of Ringo, our our previous German Shepherd's life was tough. You know, a lot of health issues, and um, along with that comes a lot of expenses and a lot of things to take care of at home. And at that point, we kind of had a you know, a dog or two for, for over a decade. And I was looking forward to, okay, I just taken a little bit of an emotional break, a little bit of a a responsibility break, you know, of having dogs. And that, that's honestly just where I was at the time. Um, But 10 weeks later, my my wife and kids were like, we want a dog. You know, like the house doesn't seem like a house, you know, a home without (laughs) dog uh, dogs. And I didn't disagree. I, you know, um, so it didn't take too much coaxing to, to get me to cave. Right. Uh, and then Wally, you know, we went and got Wally and he is, uh, absolutely. He's the first puppy that our, our, our kids have had. Cause you know, when they were born, Ringo was, you know, he was just always there. It was like furniture. Right. You know? So having, having a puppy was a new experience for them. And, um, definitely, became best friends with my son who's the younger of my two kids right that's and great that's awesome to see it, yeah it was uh that and on its own made everything worthwhile to see how how they bonded now was there any illusions of this will be a teachable thing for our kids they can you know learn responsibility i mean i say that <laughs> yes. laugh because i feel like everybody does that for their kids and it becomes you know i was going to allude to you saying you need to break from the dog it always becomes dad's dog Dad walks him, dad feeds him, dad picks up after him. Why is that? Why is that? 
that, why that, that's why dad, I've got the podcast because because yeah. we love them and they love us. Why is it that dads are like, no, I don't want the dog. I, I, I need a break. I, blah, blah, blah. I don't want the dog. And then, you know, once the dog's there, the dog and the dad are inseparable, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's a weird phenomenon. Um, and my wife, uh, jokes with me about it because, you know, the dogs will be running around the backyard and both of them trying to s- stir up something with the neighbor's little dog. Uh, this is just at the fence barking, you know, just having a conversation and she cannot do, she cannot scream loud enough or whatever to get them to come in. And I'll be deep in the house and I'll just go, Wally. And then I'll just come <laughs> running in. So yeah, I don't know what it, why it is that way. Very funny. And what about, uh, you know, Penny, Penny came such, so shortly afterwards, what was the decision-making behind going with two dogs? Um, Penny, well, well, my daughter was really wanted, you know, I wanted another puppy. We, we got to have two and they're going to play with each other. And, <laughs> and uh, just like you said, you know, I'll take care of, I'll take care of her and take care of him, which neither uh, of my kids have done either. <laughs> Uh, and it's all right. I, I just kind of, you you expect it. So, uh, yeah, I think we, it was another thing that the family all kind of unspokenly agreed upon anyways, that we would, when we got one, we'd eventually get two. And, um, uh, Penny was more of a pseudo rescue. I kind of just went through Craigslist and it's like, you know, people are giving away dogs for right. donations, you know, and, and I found, you know, th- these pictures of these unbelievably cute little puppies you know i drove down to the city to a you know sketchy part of town and um and just kind of picked her up and you know and took her home in hindsight i i go well you know you're supposed to take i guess you're supposed to get puppies you know eight to ten weeks after yeah. you know after they've been born and not that you can trust everything that you hear you read on craigslist uh that penny was not old enough to leave she was really young. And when I took her to the, uh, you know, straight to the vet, they kind of said the same thing. Like, well, this, she's, what kind of breed is this? And like, oh, I heard it was this and this and that. And they're like, okay, she seems really young. And I don't know if that created some sort of extra, like, extra bonding with me. Because if I thought Wally was attached to me, Penny puts Wally to shame. You know, like she, she's struggled with separation anxiety from me you know, just going to the car to get groceries or, you know, like, um, and I'm sure the pandemic did not help with either because, you know, then we were around all the time. And so the moment everything kind of started getting back to normal, it was the perfect storm of, uh, uh, ingredients to, to have Penny, you know, get very destructive when we were gone. Um, (laughs) yeah, we've, yeah, there it goes, you know, the, the things, the things we do for our families and the dogs. Um, yeah, she's, she's, she's tore up the house quite well. Uh, initially she's, she's gotten better. Uh, but the damage is done. <laughs> and anything of, uh, you know, priceless value, <laughs> you know, any heirlooms? No, uh, you know, I, uh, at the end of the day, everything, it's just stuff, you know? Yeah. And Penny's a dog and, you know, I, I, we love our dogs like families as much as, you know, they frustrate us. And even though she can rip through couches and, and, uh, tear, <laughs> tear through drywall. Oh no, um, really? Yeah. She was one of those dogs that would get a nervous, you know, anxiety and just start licking and started licking a patch in the drywall and then just started biting through it. I remember coming home 
from dropping off the kids, you know, at school. And it wasn't that long. And I noticed a hole in the drywall and Wally was just sitting in the corner looking so bummed, like, Oh, Oh boy. Like we screwed up. And then I, and Penny's usually the first one at the door. Um, and I walk in, I couldn't find her. And she had kind of found a corner in the kitchen and just nose covered in white powder. Um, you know, she knew she'd messed up. That's too funny. Yeah. What was the dynamic? Like, Sorry, go ahead. I was like, you know what you you know what you're getting into when you get a dog. It's not nothing's a surprise. Yeah, you know, count I I count my blessings. I got a golden doodle, and he, he's he wasn't destructive at all. But he was, and we got him at the right age. But he was very attached to me, and you know, much like you were describing. And he would nestle behind. He always like tight. He would nestle behind my back, between my back and the couch. So it was really tight. So I just felt like that was something he probably got with his mother and his siblings when they all pack in and feed and sleep. So I feel like there's definitely a maternal bond between the two of us. Um, but what I was going to ask was, you know, Penny being so young and, and Wally being the first one there, was there, what was the dynamic like bringing them together? Did you have to, did you, first of all, did you have to separate them for Penny to be a little bit older before they were kind of exposed to each other? Or was it just not an option? It really wasn't an option. And uh, I didn't see any, uh, you know, dangers of putting them together. Wally was still so young. Right. Um, and Wally's demeanor is, is so great. It's one of, the, one of the reasons we ended up with him. We, we kind of say we went to go choose a dog and then the dog chose us, you know. Yep. So we, yep. you know, we, we got to the, where we were picking him up and we had our eye on some other shepherds that had like some, some interesting coloring. At least I did, my wife and I. But there was this one dog that kept on walking over to our daughter and falling asleep on her feet. And that was Wally. <laughs> so, so we figured like, well, this is the guy, you know, I mean, the hair color is cool, but his, he's just such a, a cuddler, such a lovey guy. And it's, it's translated perfectly into his, you know, his adult stage. He's just such an affectionate dog. So when, when we brought Penny in, yeah, it was nothing. He just kind of, Looked at her and licked her. Yeah, yeah. and then they, they both slept in a in a, the same little dog bed and it was it was really nothing. Yeah. Um, I guess at that age they're all just puppies that are like, You wanna play? I wanna play. All right, let's be uh, best friends. Yes. Absolutely. Too funny. Um, what about the their names? You know, I guess I was gonna say, you know, the your band has always been questioned ad nauseum about mm-hmm. your name. So did you purposely Go with something a little bit straightforward with naming your dogs. Uh, uh, well, we have. I, I mean, I'm a. My wife and I have been naming our dogs after Beatles influences. Beatles, yep. Um, and I'm not like the. I'm, I'm a Beatles fan the way most people are. Not, nothing uh, extra or special. Our first dog was named was Pepper, and then we had Ringo, and Wally was for I am the Walrus and Penny Lane. You know, it was. That's really what it was. Makes perfect sense. You, you got a little bit into your history, but I guess your history back when you're, you're a kid, you, you, you did mention you have dogs growing up. Do any dogs stick out or were there any dogs, you know, profound to your kind of being a dog person? I think when I was young, well, my dad had a, a little mutt, like a, basically like a, a black Benji that um, my parents were separated. And so I would see my dad's on the weekend and he had this dog and, and my dad treated her like a family member. And that kind of is what laid the foundation for me going, Oh, you know, like dogs, uh, it's dogs part of the family, you know? Right. Um, my mom 
I don't know if it's because she was born and raised in Japan and there's maybe they have a different, uh, at the time or generational, maybe they had a different, uh, I don't know, perception of how family pets go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my mom and my, my stepdad was from Colombia and they definitely have a different kind of a different outlook on dogs, you know, dogs are outside. And at least this is what he told me. Like he never really understood, you know, the American obsession with the dogs basically being like family members. And then right. at least this is his, his perspective. So when we eventually got a dog at my mom's house, it was kind of like an outside dog, which always seemed weird until we finally got it. You know, we, the kids basically like, we want the dog inside, you know, right. uh, it didn't take too long, but en- enough bitching and moaning and, and we got the dog inside. And that's kind of where it went from there. You know, right. um, every, you know, we, every, it's hard to say every few years, but you know, after the lifespan of a dog, uh, it was always the same thing. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and then within a few months, there was another dog. Um, <laughs> Something that runs in your family. The uh, short, yeah, the short break, the abbreviated short, break. Yeah, the short term, short term memory. I was like, dude, you guys want to go through this again? I mean, we we it was so painful to to you know to have a, a family member pass away. Basically, you yeah. guys are ready to jump right back in. Also, uh, our guitar player Dan was probably the most dog person I've ever met. Um, he's always said he likes he likes dogs better than people. And I think yeah. some of that has definitely rubbed off on me over the years. <laughs> yeah, I see that a lot uh, online. I see that a lot from... Actually, Travis Barker put that up recently. Let's talk a little bit about... You were mentioning uh, you know Ringo and Pepper. Um, those guys must have been... Their lifespans must have went over kind of when your band was you know, exploded and things took off, you know, were there times I must, you must've been on the road all the time. Were those dogs? And we, we were talking about how dad becomes, you know, the dog guy, were those dogs more so your wife's dogs, you know, with you kind of in the middle of things blowing up or was it a, you know, a equal arrangement a, or that's you know, a good point. Say? I mean, yeah, it is hard to say. I would say I was around enough um, for them to be kind of equal dogs, you know, mm-hmm. our, our, when we were doing the most traveling and the most, uh, you know, in our heyday, it was, it was, you know, 2003 to 2006 or seven. And uh, those dogs came along kind of later. So, uh, okay. and when I was gone, I just didn't have a dog. I just, you know, it made no sense to have a dog. So, uh, while I was still traveling a lot, it wasn't enough for me to go like, Dude, these dogs don't even know me. You know, they, they, I was around enough to, to create that bond. Yeah. I'm not even, it's funny now that I look at my notes, I'm not even taking into consideration how long you've been married. I, I just, I just married you and your wife for 20 <laughs> yeah, years. For, for, for longer than we've been married, but that's, <laughs> yeah, so. she'll, she'll like that. Um, you had an interesting post about Ringo, um, where you're apologizing to him because back in the Wolseley fire, which I think was uh, back in November of 18, mm-hmm. uh, you guys had to evacuate. And I think yes. no, no pets on. Well, I'm curious to ask that. You didn't take him. And that's that's obviously not a criticism, but you took care of him. You put him at a at a shelter or someplace that, you know, he was safe. What were the right. what, tell me a little about the context of that whole ordeal? Well, I mean, look, it's ironically, it's right around every time, every year around this time, I, I don't know where you're located, but here in like Southern California, LA uh, area, uh, the Santa Ana winds come and it's super windy. It's super dry. Couple that with the, you know, the drought and everything around here is just, you know, waiting to go up. 
Yeah. Uh, and it ha- and it happens yearly. There's a fire, multiple fires every year all around us. Um, but I've been in this area where I live for over 30 years. And even when there's fires, you know, w- that you could call close by, I've never had to evacuate, you know, never, not even close. So when it happened, the fires like coming over the hills, everybody's like, it's going to, it's going to pass or it's going to go by or we're fine. You know what? We're, we're not going to need to evacuate and uh, we'll be all right. And it never. And so once the, they said, look, everybody needs to get out of the city, you know, and, or this town and, and find someplace else to stay. A lot of my dad friends and families we know were like, Oh, you know what? We're going to be gone for a few hours or some didn't even leave, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't life or death for us to, uh, to leave. So some families we're like, dude, I'm just going to stay. So that's why we, I just kind of bolted when we did. My neighbor's like, you know what? I'll, I, I'll got Ringo, you know, like you guys go find a hotel somewhere and then come back tomorrow. I literally thought it was going to be just like a, uh, an overnight. Uh, uh, yeah. Like an overly, overly cautious gesture to have to leave and come back, you know? So neighbor said he'd watch him where I said, fine, we're, we're going to go, you know, just to play it safe. And then, so we drove about half an hour away, got a, got a hotel and all these hotels are getting like packed up. The hotel didn't take dogs, not his size. He was like a hundred pounds. He's a big, big boy. They take, you know, little laptops, dogs and stuff. And I remember checking into the hotel and it's around midnight and, you know, keeping up to date with what's happening back home and my friends and the news and everything going, dude, it's getting really, really bad. And so I immediately turned around and went back you know, kind of made my way around some police barricades that had been put up um, and got back to my buddy's house who had, who had gone to my house and taken Ringo and, and was holding him at his house. Right. Because I, and now we realized how serious it was and we, everybody had to get out. And at that point I wasn't sure what we were going to do, but there were certain vets and some animal shelters that were just taking pets. Like, you know, sight unseen, like, you know, if you, if you have no place for your pet, we'll hold them. And there was a, uh, an animal hospital, a few, you know, relatively close to where we were staying kind of in between our house and the hotel that was, was taking animals and they had a spot for him. And it was always so sad, obviously to, to leave him there, but he, he did well. And it, you know, it was the only thing we could do. Was he a, was his temperament, was, would he roll with stuff like that? Or did he kind of have the same, you know, sort of separation anxiety or just, you know, wanted to be with the family 24 seven? No, he was a little bit more of a roll with the punches type dog. He, he could kind of handle changes. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't that big a deal, but the picture I got of him was like that. The, um, the vet had sent like he's, everything's fine. You know, they would update us a few times a day. Um, was one of the pictures I probably posted and it was like, Oh my God, he looks so sad. <laughs> It'd be Poor funny dude. if he's got a bunch of dogs around him. They're having this big party. Uh, it's like, oh, I, I'm yeah. And that would have been hilarious, but, uh, and, and probably made me feel a lot better. But I remember at the time thinking, Oh my God, he's so bummed <laughs> right now. And also I don't want to get you know deep into this, but like with his passing, I, I imagine your children were, you know, fairly young. Was there a, a life lesson for them in that? Or did you kind of, kind of sh- try to shield them for that? Or was that something they had to kind of, you know, see for themselves and accept? No, I, I, I wanted them to see it. I wanted them to experience it. I wanted them to feel everything that they're feeling, you know, and right. to validate. I think that's obviously heartbreaking, but it's one of the, the best things about 
a dog, you know, yeah, sounds yeah. terrible, but like it teaches you about, you know, that the temporary aspect of life and how to, how to kind of deal with it. And we had a, we had him put down finally cause he couldn't, he couldn't stand up anymore. He was in a lot of pain, uh, didn't yeah. have any control, like bowel controls anymore. Yeah. And so we had a, a vet come to the house and, and, and slowly, um, Put him, put down. him down. Yeah, I, yeah. It was just like, how, how do I phrase it? Yeah. No, I mean, it's hard uh, to it's hard to say, but they usually they give them. It, I, I know. I feel like I know what you're getting at because they usually give them a sedative. It is a kind of a, I wouldn't say a slow process, but it's a painless process that takes a bit right. of time. So you know, so once once he was sedated and and I could his you know his breathing started calming and everything, and the kids had a moment to kind of pet him and and talk to him and um, before they actually put him down. And yeah, and they were there and my son, uh, hel- actually helped carry him out to their, to the vehicle, you know, and we had him cremated and we have his ashes in the house, you know, and, and his collar and, and a footprint, a little oh, paw print and the whole deal. That's sweet. That's so, so sweet. Um, so they understand, you know, that this is what happens, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in any pain and, and obviously everybody was very sad for, for a while, but. I think um, I think it's it's a really important aspect of having a pet in general, yeah, especially uh, for kids. For kids, yeah, yeah. Do you remember yourself ever having to go through that as a child? The closest thing I remember uh, was my dad's dog, the little Benji Mutt dog, not passing away but running away. Um, I feel like that was a big part of my childhood too. Our pets just ran away. Yeah, but maybe my dad, but you know what? Maybe I'm I'm coming to the epiphany right now. It's like that's what our parents told us. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Maybe maybe I did. It's not like I saw uh, her bolt out the gate and never return. But that's that's the story I got um, <laughs> about. Like, where's Mitzi? Oh, she she you know she ran away, and I haven't been able to find her. But I, I believe my dad because he. I I was with him putting up signs, you know, for looking for lost dogs. So I mean, that yeah. would really be going <laughs> the extra mile to try to, to try to uphold the story. Um, so that's that to me was a painful, you know, memory about losing a pet. The other pets, I kind of, uh, I, I I knew it was going to happen, and and it eventually how it how it happened. So yeah, um, and some of those dogs, I'll be honest with you, were more my mom's dogs. You know, and, and, and more of a, a burden for me at a young age. Like, I got to pick up dog crap and, and do all this kind of stuff. And But they were attached to my mom more than, yeah, than me. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, thank you for sharing that. It's very profound, you know, especially for your, your kids and, you know, great life lesson. I didn't mean to get that heavy, but I can lighten things up because uh, uh, we're about to wrap things up. So I do what I call the Zoomies, and the Zoomies are five quick questions that wrap up the show. <laughs> so right. the first zoomie is, do you kiss your dogs on the mouth? All day long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that answer. Cause sometimes I get these answers of like, well, yeah, I kiss them on the head, but that's, that's what I like to hear. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't stop Wally from, uh, from jump, <laughs> jumping on me. And he's like, you know, he's probably a hundred pounds now too, from jumping on me every morning, laying with his sharp elbows right in my chest. And licking, licking my face and mouth until I'm like, yo, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. You know, like, okay, let's go outside. That's awesome. Question two is, have any of them licked anyone famous? 
And, uh, and let me lead this question because I, uh, again, on, on Instagram, or actually, no, on, a, on an interview, you mentioned that the gym you go to, Britney Spears goes to. And I also know Wally is your gym dog. So has Wally met Britney Spears? Wally has not met Britney Spears. Okay. Um, which reminds me, I need, to, I need to go to the gym. I'm out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Those, that's what dogs are for. They got to get you out of the house, get you walking, get you Right, running. right. No, I can't, I can't say any of the dogs. Any of my dogs have, have licked anybody famous. Okay, fair enough. Question three is in the rock and roll ecosphere, um, would they be fans, critics, roadies, or groupies? Uh, Penny would be a critic. Wally would be a fan. Perfect. Any particular reason why you, you can attach that so quickly to them? Mm, Wally just loves everybody. He loves right. everybody and everything. He's just a really happy dog. Penny cannot like uh, suppress her, her, her like hurting instinct and her possessiveness with me. <laughs> so she feels, I feel like she has an opinion about a lot of stuff. Like, you right. know, don't go near here. Don't go to this. I don't like this. She's very picky with her food. And so she's a critic. Okay, perfect. Question four, um, I'm asking someone who's the lead singer of an internationally known rock band, do you have a dog voice that you use to talk to your dogs? Yes. What, and they all, they don't even have, I don't even call them by their name. They have like pet names. My pets have pet names that they, that they respond to better than their actual names. Such so, as? So while with Ringo... I used to say, oh, he's such a smart guy. He's such a smarty pants. Oh, you're smarty pants. And then it turned into Ringo, Ringy, Ringy pants. And that was like a joke. <laughs> and so the day we got Wally, I didn't even wait. I called him Wally pants, Mr. Pants. I called him Mr. Pants all the time. And that turned into Mitter pants. So I go, oh, Mitter pants. And he, <laughs> and he comes running. So he, he, he responds to Mitter pants uh, almost as easily as Wally. But if I say Mitter Pants, he knows I'm in a good mood. If I, hey, Mitter Pants, That's and he so just funny. comes, you know. And um, Penny is Pin Pants. And <laughs> some, somehow with my daughter, we kind of, it turned into like a French, like, oh, je pimpin. I go, and so if I go, so if I go, je pimpin, and she, she runs to me and she flops right on her back and like, you know, scratch my belly. So yeah, that's it. I, I definitely uh, have a dog voice. I love it. I love it. And I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, question five is, is there, is there a charity or dog organization that you'd like to call attention to? I feel like the only one I know off the top of my head is the ASPCA, but they, you know, they do good work. Why, why, yeah. I was like, why, why, why not them? You know, absolutely. They do good work. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, anything you want to promote, this will be up probably right close to new year's eve do you have any new year's plans new year's resolutions actually you um, and i you and i share a birthday do you have anything any big really? birthday plans well happy birthday to you i'm going to be in cancun over my birthday over the new year's so hopefully i'll just be enjoying some warm weather but new year's resolutions don't get any more dogs because <laughs> my house you just isn't cursed big enough. yourself yeah I know, but, but I know, at least I know myself. If I, I always, I even tell my kids and family because they joke around like, Dad, what would you do if we saw a dog on the, and before they even finish, I'm like, I get it. I take it. We take it home. Like, <laughs> and we deal with it, you know? So I would say, don't, don't uh, accidentally, quote unquote, get any more dogs and put out another album. That, those are my two uh, New Year's resolutions for 23. Fantastic. Is that, uh, is that something that um, seems probable? 
the album that is i, I know you're gonna i know you're gonna fail with the dog yeah i was gonna say that the album thing is is a lock as far as i'm concerned compared to the dogs <laughs> right uh that's good to hear i'm sure the fans are going to be anxious to hear that and uh we'll, we'll keep an eye out for it Awesome. Um, well, Doug, thank you so much for doing this. It's always a pleasure for me to actually speak to people of your caliber, but or more so to hear about their dogs and uh, their affection for their dogs. So uh, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Have a good, uh, good holiday and great new year. All right. You too. Happy See you birthday. in Cancun. Thank you. Yeah. You too. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much, Doug Robb of Hoobastank, for sharing his dog's past and present with us. The organization Doug called out is the ASPCA, whose mission, as stated by founder Henry Berg in 1866, is to provide effective means for the prevention of cruelty to animals throughout the United States. Not to be confused with the SPCA, the ASPCA has locations in New York City, Los Angeles, Miami, and North Carolina. Visit ASPCA.org for more information on how you can help. Thanks so much for tuning in. For episode news and notes, follow us on Instagram at Podcast. If you like what you hear, give us a review on iTunes. We'll be back next week with two members of a band whose 20-year-old hit recently found new life on TikTok, so don't miss that one. All right, it's time to give my executive producer a belly rub. Ciao.